0: Hey everybody, your good friend Jeremy Moss here. Before we get to our show this evening, or afternoon, or morning, hey, heck, whenever you listen to this, thanks for listening, first of all. But we're talking about my bookie here. There's a place to uh, play, put a few bucks down, lot. if you want to uh, test your luck or your uh, expertise of picking games, parlaying multiple games, game props. My bookie has you covered. They are back. They're here for college football, which clearly we talk about a lot. College basketball coming up next week. This week, Thanksgiving week, NFL going full force. We always record our show Sunday typically for these recaps. So heck yeah, we talk, got some NFL going on right now. So maybe you made, made a good wager or not. It's okay. They got underdogs. They have the favorites. Pick any prop that you want. Do a parlay. Mix it up. Don't forget about underdogs. They have tons of value. So I mentioned NFL, if you underdog, it's okay. You can bet on your own team to not win. Like my personal team, University of Utah, I'm like, oh, they a three-point underdog. And it'd be to pick them. I'm like, no way. I'll take USC. Had I taken USC, whether it had been three and a half or not, or pick them, I would have won money because USC crashed my utes. So plenty of value if you want to make a wager um, for or against your team. Doesn't matter. Underdogs are amazing. Game spreads, championship futures. Um, like I mentioned, player prop bets. That's like fantasy football, but for real cash right there. You want to predict, uh, let's see, who's a good uh, former Mount West player in the NFL. Let's go with Devontae Adams like we always do. If you predict predict him to have eight catches for 110 and a touchdown, that's a pretty good bet to make every week. So if those are on the table, have fun with Alex Smith at Utah, now with Washington, doing reasonably well after coming back from his gruesome injury. But here's the here's the key points. My bookie. Head over there, use our promo code overtime. Claim a deposit. 50% match. You put down $200, they'll give you a hundred. 150. You get the point. Do some math. 50% bonus. Using that code overtime. They'll give you a chance to uh your uh, in case you have a few uh subpar bets at the start of your uh, of going forward for your uh, betting weekend, not a big deal, it's okay. That bonus will help you out again one more time. Head over to my bookie, use the promo code overtime, we'll hook you up. All right, folks, welcome back to another West Football podcast, MWR.com. This is our official wait, Matt, week 13, week 12, right? Is that week one, game four? Week 12, week 12. Insert your team games played here as the pre- recap continues on. MWR.com. That's our buddy Matt Kennelly. Jeremy here hanging out talking about the only three games this week. Because we did three games, Matt, we did a mid season show with our buddy Hunter Hewitt, which is out as well, so go check that out. We did not go too much into the Aztec game. We let him kind of ramble on and discuss his thoughts. So we'll get to those games later, but we need to rewind all the way to Thursday for a shut. Was it wasn't it a Friday? Uh, no, no, you're right. It was Friday because Utah State. Well, I mean, for the bridge of rifle is Thursday. Air Force, New Mexico, twenty zero Friday night. Uh, do we have a new front runner for like a, a really good running back in the conference? A guy is he still on? is um Air Force is running back? Um, do they have them all listed on the are roster? Brent Johnson. Are you Brent referring Jones? to Brad Roberts? Brad, I got the name completely wrong. I'm like, I know it's like a generic name. I apologize, Brad Roberts. I was thinking Johnson, Jensen, Robertson. Is he even listed on the roster? Because remember, week one he was not on the roster. That's a really good question.
1: I'm going to check real quick while you <laughs> while you vamp.
0: I got his name here. Sorry, Brad Roberts. I apologize. I didn't have my one tab open, but 28-0. He had 6.3 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, 177. One of the better Air Force games, clearly this year, maybe going back to last year. Ezekiel Daniels got the start. No um Tavaki Toyote for Lobos, who who is still with, I believe, concussion protocol. He played okay, but Matt Dana Gonzalez. How did he? how could he say he felt this team should have won the game? Did you see that quote he made? Like we played I ben- didn't see
1: that quote. He's like we played I, yeah. better
0: than Air Force. I'm like no you didn't. <laughs> no. I mean maybe I mean it felt I mean obviously
1: getting shut out is never fun, but you can point to certain points in the game where things could have gone differently. And yeah, you know, I'm thinking particularly of, you know, those four straight drives that Air Force had. Um, you know, in the kind of the, the third quarter, the, the early to late third quarter, where they had three straight fumbles. I know. Come on. And then
0: they missed two, three field goals.
1: It's like and and a tur- and a turnover on downs as well. So you know, when you look at you know, some of the biggest differences in this game, it's the fact that you know Air Force, when they got into the red zone, they were three for four when it came to turning that into points, and they turned that into three touchdowns. And conversely, New Mexico had three opportunities of its own and just wasn't able to, to get anything from it. You know, they they, they got shut out.
0: That's like, they're watching that sequence in that second, like the second half was not very good until the last touchdown. Like, it was, it was a tough watch, Matt, I'm telling you. Like, turnover and downs. I guess if you get the fumble recovery, that's great. You're, it gives you fake hope for the Lobos a little bit because... I mean,
1: they, they played hard. Like, I'll yeah. give them that. And, and the guys that have played particularly well for them over the first half of the season, continued to do so. Like Joey Noble had another, you know, seven uh, solo tackles, 11 total. He had a TFL and one of those forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. Nico Bolton stepped up, had, you know, two of those forced fumbles. I think it was the first one and the last one. I can't recall. And then Brandon Shook, anchoring the middle of that defense at middle linebacker, he had 19 tackles. So it's not like they weren't putting in work. It just, it was, they had a hard time really putting the clamps down on Air Force consistently beyond that because you know first down plays the Falcons really had their way with them you know they averaged over 6 yards per carry on first downs and you know we talked about it in previous weeks with San Diego State but it definitely applies to the Air Force as well like if you let them get set up with more you know situations where they can succeed more easily it's going to be a long night for you. And, you know, when you look at the fact they were nine of 13 on third downs, a lot of that was due to the fact that they were six of eight on third and short, you know, four yards or fewer. They had way more opportunities than New Mexico did.
0: No, they definitely did. But also, Godal's like, we got up coach, which I can totally see as well. When they like can mention the running attack, they can't stop Air Force. They can't do this. They can't put up points of their own. They get stuffed by the Falcons defense. Like, Seeing Trey Hall throw for two hundred twenty-one yards is more of a, uh, not okay. It's not gonna, it's not going to sound a good compliment, but like Air Force secondary, we know is not great, and so they were able to take advantage of that. But the running game, like they had eighty-three yards. Like when they had chances to run the ball, like they didn't do it, and they couldn't get it done by anybody. Like throwing through the air is fine, but it comes down to like, when you're given like there's nothing. The main focus on this game is that stretch you mentioned. Like your defense does amazing things for you, forces fumbles, gets the ball back. And you come around and do nothing. Like the defense has to feel awful. Like they have to feel like you let us down, because they're making plays. Air Force is not playing control. You're missing field goals. You're getting only going like ten yards. Like the first, did you know, Matt? Like the first field goal, they went back ten yards. (laughs) Apparently, not even moved ten yards. They got negative yards on the first field. I'm like, am I reading that right? They on the second one, they only gained like they went twenty yards. Whatever, that's not too bad. Like they're barely moving the ball. And then on the second misfield goal they went back 5 yards. They were basically at the 20 yard line twice, inside at the red zone or closer, and they couldn't they came out with zero points. Like that's yeah. an offensive inefficiency by by far. Come on. Yeah, and then you know,
1: obviously I think the the tweet that went around is kind of like a goof was the no context college football, you know, the <laughs> screenshot of the drive chart going back and forth. Yeah. But I mean, let's keep in mind that a lot of those attempts that New Mexico was lining up for weren't necessarily easy attempts. You know, George Steinkamp was over three before, you know, Andrew Shelley ended up taking the fourth one. Mm-hmm. But those first two were from fifty, which was blocked in fifty-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you were looking for that kind of you know breaking point for the game, it was that 37-yard field mm-hmm. goal, which was definitely more makeable, that ended up being the third miss. And then of course Shelley came in, had a forty-yard attempt. Yeah, he missed that one as well. So you know, credit Air Force's defense for really stepping Major. up and making plays. Like, it wasn't as disruptive on, on you know, when you look at the stat sheet. They only had three tackles for loss. They only had, you know, two or three quarterback hurries and only four pass breakups. But it was an efficient game all the way around. Like, they just really frustrated Trey Hall through the air at every turn. They kept the running game really under lock. And... You know, it was. It's it's not the kind of performance that's going to like stand out on the on the stat sheet in the numbers, but anytime you pitch a shutout, you have to credit the defense for for putting in that work to make the offense look as rough as it
0: did. Yeah, it's like I'm not blaming the kickers. What I'm saying is like the offense couldn't move the ball and they had chances. Yeah, like I get a 50 yarder. That's very difficult, but you move back 10 yards. Like I'm not saying even a 41 yarder because that one was missed. That last one, like Mm -hmm. the offense just was stalling and. I don't know if it would have been different if Tabaka Toyota would have been there moving the ball, but like when you can't run the ball against his Air Force defense, which they couldn't do very well, your your passing game goes kaput at that point in the game. It's like what else is there? Like you're stuck, and like I go back and said, repeat again, like your defense comes up with big plays, recovers a loose ball, forces the fumbles, recovers the fumble, and the offense does nothing. with it's like the offense has to give some hope, and like I don't know if New Mexico probably would want, but like. Had they even scored – if they scored field goals and all those, yeah, it's 28-9. Maybe they get a little life going. They score another touchdown or something. But, like, that was their chance. If they were to come back to the game and they scored a touchdown in each possession and, like, obviously things change. If you score a touchdown, you get the fumble back, blah, blah, blah. But, like, had it played out that same way, you score that first time, it gives you the confidence. I don't know. They may, it it would have been 21-7. There's a chance, potentially, if things play exactly, but they score touchdowns, they tie the game. Like, there's just, just blown opportunities all over the place for the Mexico to just not even score points, but just maybe even win this game because they had the fumble in the first half that led to a touchdown when they're down, you know what I mean? Like, they're down 14-0. Mm-hmm. They, they score right there, moving the ball. It's like, this game, like, they couldn't do third down. Like, I don't want to say this is a bad New Mexico loss, but it was because of the opportunities they were given. Like, losing to 0 it's never a good look, but the way they lost and the chances they were given, they were plus one of the turnover margin. They... Third down wasn't great. Like they couldn't rush the ball. Like the only positive they had was getting those three turnovers, and they did nothing with it. And so losing twenty to 0, 28 to zero, again, that's not a great look because watching this game, it's like, oh, okay, they're down four touchdowns. Or if you glance at the box score, you figure okay, maybe they're sort of close. The offense just couldn't do anything. But Air Force gift wrapped them plenty of points. And my final words, like Lobos just couldn't take advantage of any of it. And that's it does go back to coaching because you gotta have a will to move the ball and try to score and get points. I know this year is weird and everything and there's a million excuses, but Gonzalez is doing it by saying we just played that and I was completely outcoached.
1: One step forward, two steps back, I guess I would say, because we've seen the Lobos make progress over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we I think we're both in agreement that, you know, they, they did some things right in this game. And as the game progressed, I also think it's worth noting that from the first half to the second half, they, you know, shaved the, the yards per play that they allowed to the Falcons. It was 6.8 in the first half and only 5.5 in the second half, which is a little closer to I think where you want it to be overall. And in combined with the turnovers, they definitely had multiple chances to get back into the game. But you know, they're going to go into the film room either today or tomorrow. They're going to look it over. They're going to figure out what went wrong. And you know, fingers crossed to be able to be back under center by you know this time next week, and they'll have a chance to take another step
0: forward. 100% agree. Like, one last quick thing in this game. Do you know the last time New Mexico won a game?
1: Ooh. Um, are you talking about a game? A game. Football it's been over game. a calendar year, hasn't it?
0: Yes, they have lost 13 in a row. The it's last rough. was New Mexico State back in September of last year. Not good. Not good.
1: it's. So, it's I, mean, I mean, I think a lot of Lobos fans expected that there would be some growing pains, though.
0: There have, but like this game just feels like a gut punch where nothing went right for them. Yeah. So better luck next week. Who do the Lobos have next week? They have. Um, let's see. They are they actually playing next week? I believe. Um, well, I won't say they're actually playing as of this recording. They're going to Utah State, whose game last Thursday was canceled due to COVID on Aggie's end. So never say never. And this is a Thanksgiving night game as well. And so this like what we what I've noticed a trend which a lot of places across the country we look at Arizona State, look at Fresno State, that game's canceled versus San Diego State or other variety of games like Air Force games. It's been two weeks teams have missed games. Mm-hmm. So I would not be surprised if New Mexico does not play versus Utah State this weekend. At the very best, right. maybe it moves moves like Sunday because that gives them a couple extra days, but I, I could see that game not happening just because of the trend we've seen across the country where when it's usually one game, it's almost always two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Are we getting to the game of the day? Nevada, San Diego State? Yeah, let's do it. Are they is it CBS, over there CBS. Amazing game. The country got to see Gary Danielson attempt to call a football game for Mountain West football. It was fine. 26-21 Nevada. And if you hear our um, show with uh, Honey or Mid- Hunter, our midseason show type preview, or not preview, but what, we looked at it a tiny bit. We looked back. We discussed a lot of things. I'll stand by my thing. San Diego State should have won this game. They had a million chances to win this game, and they did not. The most glaring match, wide open, third down, pass storm behind a, a pass catcher, and the end kind of off to the side. In the goal line, can't pull it in. And then fourth down, he gets pressured again, and um, Lucas Johnson sails it to somebody, to some cardboard cutout in the 10th row. Bad way to lose.
1: Yeah, it was uh, they had a chance to steal it at the end, but I mean even before that, they had a chance to really put the pressure on Nevada and they just didn't get a chance to do it. You know, they were up 21 to 16 at halftime. And to me, the game really turned when, you know, A we learned that quarterback Lucas Johnson was still dealing with a hamstring injury in the second half because you know, after the first 30 minutes, the game seemed to really turn on a dime and the Aztecs couldn't get anything going on offense. They they had like what six straight three and outs. Yeah, in they, the third going into the fourth quarter.
0: I think remember late in the game they mentioned they had seventeen yards of offense, and I think twelve was like a one pass play.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was Alex Margulies who pointed out that in San Diego State's first twenty plays of this of this second half that they had nine total yards.
0: Sounds about right.
1: And the, and, and the one drive that they had that wasn't um, a three-and-out basically leading up to the last drive was five plays, mm-hmm. five yards. So it wasn't like they were able to really move the ball out of the shadow of their own end zone either. It got, it got to the point where they even brought in Carson Baker for a drive. Oh,
0: him trying to run the ball was so awkward to watch and terrible. Like, what was he doing on that one running play he had? <laughs> it was bad. Like, the second half outside of that last drive – their longest drive in the second half was for five yards. Mm-hmm. The first possession, three plays, or no, they had two, sorry, a five play and a three play yard. But like, this game, like, here's how, like, crazy San Diego State, like, if everything, it's like in the New Mexico game. If everything went right for San Diego State, they would have blown out Nevada. They lose the fumble at midfield, at least a field goal. They do force three field goals in the red zone for Nevada. There was that Mm -hmm. one interception that Tao came over and knocked knocked out of the receiver that popped up high. There was one in the end zone that should have been an interception as well. Like this could have been a, it almost was a blowout in the making for San Diego State.
1: Yeah, and because in the first half, you know, we we're going back to Johnson for a minute, especially in the passing game. What was that? It (laughs) It was crazy because we had seen it, you know, here and there from from Baker being able to throw down the field, especially to a guy like Jesse Matthews. And Matthews had a huge first half for them. Um, You know, he ended up with, what, five catches, 80 yards, but, you know, a couple of highlight catches, which he seems to do every other time he touches the ball. Um, You know, Elijah Coth had, I think, a big catch. He was able to get the ball to Kobe Smith in the end zone. So it wasn't like they weren't able to make plays through the air. And, you know, when you combine that with, you know, I think it was the first touchdown that they scored, right, where... They ran the zone read, and Johnson looked like he thirty-seven was,
0: yards, yeah. The yeah, it
1: looked like he was just moving at a different speed than the than the Nevada defense. It really caught them off guard, and it wasn't necessarily even about like the big chunk plays. You know, there was a certain stretch where I was I was watching the play by play as I was watching the game, and it was like you know eight yards, ten yards, twelve yards, and mm-hmm. you you saw like you saw that Nevada really needed to make some kind of adjustment to you know, turn that around in the second half. And then all of a sudden they came out in the third quarter and San Diego State's offensive line just all of a sudden couldn't stop Nevada's defensive line. Like Dom, Dom Peterson had a massive third quarter. You know, he had three TFLs and and two sacks, all of which, basically stopped as you know, six drives dead in their tracks oh. that's the kind of performance that you need out of your big players and that's the kind of performance that they got on both sides of the ball especially later in the game
0: and one of the sacks don peterson credit because he pushed the guard into uh johnson that fell on top of him at the, basically yeah. at the goal line like don peterson is really good at football he's amazing
1: but he's gonna be in the nfl like in this time next year
0: hey no, my boldest stupid pick on our other show has to stay true. He needs to stick around. Okay. Just saying. Well,
1: te- teaser yeah. for, for exactly. folks to stick around for that. Exactly.
0: I make a big, bold 2021 pick about Nevada football. So stay tuned and download that as well, depending on what order you're listening in. But this game here, like also we discovered too in our other show, it's Romeo Dubs. And we've been saying Dubs forever, and we're, I apologize. everybody, Apologies. Knows. He is – well, whatever. He, he's amazing. Like he was struck down the first half a little bit. But I'm asking you this. Did you see that call where people were kind of getting all arms up for the possible offensive P.I. Where it was a long pass and he had his hand extended with the defender falling down and he caught it for that long touchdown pass? Yes. So people were saying, P.I., P.I., offensive P.I. Which you don't realize before if you watch half a second, the defender's already tripping on the ground falling. Yeah. And so, like, I get there's a little contact. There's a lot of plays where there's contact. Both sides, like, holding on each other, jumping for the ball, like – that play is perfectly fine. Like the defender had, could, couldn't make a play and on it.
1: Darren Hall, yes, was was must see entertainment because Hall seemed like he was lined up on dabs more often than not in that game, which I think goes a lot a long way toward explaining why he ended up leading the Aztecs with eleven tackles. And of course, you know he helped kind of keep the Aztecs in the game late in the fourth quarter, where I think it was uh, it, it looked like a throw where if it had been on target. Daubs would have been able to walk into the end zone because I think it was pretty clear that he mm-hmm. had the angle on Hall to be able to kind of, you know, pivot back towards, you know, inside Hall was like at the sideline. And, and I'm, you can probably find the highlight of it on the, on YouTube or something like that. So you can see what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Hall was the guy who came up with the, the interception that gave them a chance to steal the game at the end. And that was when he was wrapped up on Daubs. You know, he forced a tip drill, went off of Daubs' hands. He went down with it, gave the offense a chance. So, you know, you know it seems funny to say, but Dobbs was "quote unquote" held to five catches and 130 yeah. yards and, and a touchdown. So two
0: fifty-plus yard catches, too. Two
1: fifty-plus <laughs> yard catches.
0: <laughs> me, which it's no, amazing. No big deal. No, no that's, that's a typical day. You know what I mean? Also, mm-hmm. why was not Nevada throwing the ball? What are they doing?
1: Like, they were the, doing exactly what I said they should do when I wrote my preview.
0: At the end of the game, they should still keep throwing it. That's I, what they do. I know, but I have found, like, three and a half minutes left. I would have felt, for, for the main reason, look what happened, where it happened. Move the ball out to, like, the 20, maybe the 30-yard line before you start passing the ball. That was kind of my thing. Like, they were inside their opposite red zone. They Tawa had a loss of once, with second of 11. Tipped pass. Great play by Aztecs defense. They recover it. Throw once you're more midfield, where it make Aztecs, who haven't been able to move the ball all all week long or all game long, have actually have them to go anywhere because they didn't have to have in. They moved the ball 20, they moved the ball a bit to what the uh, one yard line, whatever it was, the five yard line, because the mm-hmm. ball they got it to 26. So that's actually their best drive, clearly. But why not run the ball or throw deep where if it is a pick, oh well, they get the other 40 yard line. You know what I mean? Like throw downfield. I, I get they're a passing team, but you're running the ball pretty well. Either throw it downfield or run the ball to get a couple yards and then throw when it's third and eight or something, third and seven and get out of the goalpost of the shadow of the end zone back there where San Diego state actually has to work to score points.
1: I mean, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. I think what, what was really hindering them, especially in the second half was that, you know, they had a lot more success being able to keep the chains moving in the first half. Like they were one of four on third downs in the, in the first quarter, but then they were three of five in the second quarter and then after halftime, I think they were like, what, one of eight on you know, on third downs? They were one of four in the third and over one one for seven, excuse me.
0: Yeah.
1: But the big difference in the game is that San Diego State didn't necessarily need to move the chains on third down because they were having so much success on first and second in the first half. And the Wolfpack defense just did a better job of putting the clamps down late because, you know, they were one for five in the fourth quarter, oh, for four in the third, you know one for nine is not going to get it done no matter what kind of offense you're running. And especially Mm -hmm. for an offense that wants to be able to kind of control the game, play with the lead like they had throughout most of the... uh, at least throughout the early parts of that third quarter, they needed to do a better job of being able to keep the drive alive. And they just didn't. And that's a credit to to Nevada and and to defensive coordinator Brian Ward.
0: Also, one thing we should know, Greg Bell was not 100% healthy in this game. Mm -hmm. He went off injury. Brady Hoke was kind of... Like trying to tap dance out, kinda mentioned he was hurt. Not maybe, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was fully healthy in this game. Like that could have made a difference because chance they didn't run the ball very well outside of Lucas Johnson that first little bit. Like he had the one thirty-five long run, but ended up with twenty-nine after getting minus yards sack yards because he looked bad with that uh, hamstring. I think the Mm -hmm. whatever whatever like was, but had a hammy where he couldn't move. Like even with all what went wrong for San Diego State, they were chance they had position to win this game.
1: Like I mean it was a one score game, which yeah. tells you everything you
0: need to know. And it came down to ultimately they had the game. Like people were cracking jokes at me on Twitter. I'm like, San Diego State should have won the game. Like there's here's the thing. Nevada didn't play great this game outside second half they played much better, clearly. They had a couple big plays downfield, like they didn't run the ball extremely well. Toa Tao only had 52 yards. He probably he threw that ball longer than he had rushing yards when he chucked it past the def- offensive player down the field. Like, mm. he had more throwing yards in the air than passing running, essentially. But, like, they didn't run the ball very well. Devontae Lee had that one big play, which was 24 versus 25 rushing yards. Tao had 52. Carson Strong was held to 288 and had that pick, obviously. That was pretty costly. That was a tip-up. But, like, here's what tells you two things about Nevada. They didn't play great, and they still won, and so that's what really good teams do. And San Diego State, like with Lucas Johnson, like he looks as the best quarterback since Ryan Lindley was there for how they're throwing those passes on the first handful of possessions. Like he was eating this offensive defense alive, like alive. Like had he, I don't know when he got hurt because he he moved out. Was it mid third quarter, late third quarter when he left, or was it fourth quarter?
1: I, I can't recall exactly when Baker came in. I think it was the early fourth quarter, but I can't recall.
0: But what I can tell, like when you look at their drive chart, they were handing the ball off to Greg Bell the first drive. There was incomplete passes. They weren't using Johnson in the running game at all, except for very few plays. Like maybe, I don't know if this is a design or I don't recall, but look at the depth, the play chart. Like he ran once, maybe one time before he got pulled and came back in and tried to do it again. Like he was not running the ball. And again, he came from Georgia Tech, so he's kind of used to running the ball at quarterback. But – like they something was wrong, and it's I don't know what the was it what Matt was it just Nevada's defense just got that much better in the second half? Did they figure I think they the,
1: made the, they made the adjustments that they needed to make, and it really all started up front, and that's a credit not only to Peterson but the other guys okay. around them, like Cameron Toomer, Sam Hammond, all of those guys played up in that in the third and fourth quarter.
0: Also, do you think they outthought themselves in this to start the game because each team tried to do basically the opposite of what they normally do. Aztecs threw oh, a bunch, and that- Nevada tried to run a lot.
1: I don't think so. I mean, I think what I was surprised most about in the, fir- in the first half was it didn't seem like Nevada was taking that many deep shots, they were, which, you know, against the secondary like San Diego State, I guess is understandable. You, know, it, you mentioned Toa Tawa throwing the ball down the field on, out of the Wildcat. I think that was the first deep shot they took all afternoon. I would have expected them to at least kind of soften them up and see what they could get away with a little bit earlier than that. But, you know, by the time the second half-rolled around, it seemed like they were firing on all cylinders more often than not.
0: So, wh- who, um when we look at these two teams, we'll move on here to the final game because we'll look at three. So, with this particular game, like, is this Nevada's worst game of the year and they're just going to get better from here? Because they still have, like, when you look at who they play, they still have San Jose State in the schedule. Again, scheduled, I should say. They still have Fresno State and they go to Hawaii next week. Like, is this their worst game they played? And not that smooth sailing, but... They got the bad game behind them against a really good San Diego State defensive team.
1: Well, I mean, even even if you... I wouldn't even call it a bad game because, you know, they still scored 26 points. They still won the game. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, call it a B-plus performance. You're too kind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying say it's a bad, bad game, but I think it was an okay game, like, just above average, barely.
1: Considering the defense they were playing, I think it, they, they played it exactly how they wanted to overall.
0: And they're a little lucky, too, right? Like, Aztecs... A play here or there, like I said, the two interceptions in the red zone was a real possibility. Yeah. So what do you think about San Diego State going forward? Like, I assuming health-wise, they're good to go, like, they they got... Oh, crap. I was going to say Fresno, but I think that game got freaking got canceled. Let's move forward. They got CSU. They'll beat CSU. Let's move really quick to BYU because that's a couple weeks on the road, and we'll talk about this a decent amount. If we are to see... This San Diego State team in the first half played an entire game as well as they did against BYU. Do you think they could hang or beat BYU possibly? I mean, maybe <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's always maybe. I know that's a big question to answer now. Three weeks at of time, right? Yeah, but what I'm like from what I saw from Lucas Johnson, San, San
1: Diego. State, let's put it this way: San Diego State is better than a lot of opponents that the Cougars have played this year. I do I mean, number I, two, no.
0: Are they better than yeah. Houston? They might. They'll be on. At worst, they're as good, They're right, right with Houston. They're two or three at worst. You know what I mean?
1: I think they're probably a little better than Houston.
0: That's what I mean. Like that's the team you want to com- more comparable than Boise State, who I think is better than San Diego State at the moment. Mm-hmm. So they beat Houston pretty good, but then again, it was a close game for the first half. BYU pulled away because Houston basically is like this game. Think about it. Except for BYU won like by they scored a bunch more touchdowns in the second half, where they won like by three touchdowns. But mm-hmm. it it's basically tied. 12 minutes into the third quarter. So if they get Greg Bell back, if Lucas Johnson can throw the way he did, like he was getting the ball to Jesse Matthews like crazy. Like he got five for 80. Like they they were doing good pass plays and not even short plays. They had five plays over 10 yards and two over 20.
1: I mean, there's a reason that like SP Plus, for instance, currently still sees them as the second best team in the Mountain West.
0: Despite two losses.
1: To, despite two losses and it, yeah well and, and a lot of that you know and of course just as a, as a reminder SP plus is a reflection of how you've played versus who you played um and and what you can say is like they still play elite defense you know they're split mm-hmm. between offense and defense by SP plus is massive um 106 on offense but 6th overall on defense but even the offensive number's been trending upwards week by week which is why overall they're on the doorstep of the top forty right now. Exactly. And I think this is kind of where you expected San Diego State to be all along. So assuming health, you know, they they may not have a chance at the conference championship game at this point, but they could absolutely be a headache to to pretty much everybody else down the stretch.
0: I think their championship game is wanting to be Boise State back to back years. Right? It has to yeah. be. So all right, also, well,
1: Or 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 failing that, just going out and beating BYU.
0: I thought, oh sorry, did I say Boise? I meant BYU. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Meeting BYU in that final game of the year. So sorry, that's what I meant. If mm-hmm. so, I said Boise, I apologize. I was staring at a Boise logo because you know what, Matt? Our next game is Boise versus Hawaii, which sorry for those folks who went to bed early. This uh this game How many I don't have in front of me and I put it in the um we had a, a recap post I added the tweet from BJ Reigns. Was it like twenty guys missing from this game?
1: It was something like that, yeah. Somebody had the post of all the the entire list of names uh that was out and it you know, obviously we knew George Holani is still recovering from whatever injury. He has um Octavius Evans was out, Latrell Caples was out, Gavin Whale the punter was out.
0: Jack Sears hit the so, But
1: uh but they they lived as to, to to fight another week. They're still on the running for birth in the Mountain West Championship, forty to thirty two over the Warriors.
0: There was a special teams touchdown. You had Chavon Cordero lead the team in rushing again, game, which you don't want from Hawaii. But like this game overall, like I thought it was going to be blown away because it was 19-3 at the half. Hawaii had to do multiple two-point conversions. Boise still scored th- 21. Like Going into fourth quarter, third quarter was amazing. Back and forth play. Hawaii's running trick plays. They're doing backward laterals. They're trying all sorts of weird plays. Boise even did their own, was it a, CT Thomas touched on pass, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So he had a little
1: that, in the first half. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They had that touchdown pass by him. Cordero ended up with uh, three TDs on his own. But but this third quarter was just 35 freaking points. And going into there, it's like, okay, this game's over. Even at halftime, 19 to three, it felt Boise had the edge. But in the second half, they're still up. What's up? They had 40 points going into the fourth quarter. Figured they're going to win easily. It was at 40 to uh, nine. Or not 40 to 17. They were
1: they were up 33 to yeah. 9 with eight, 8 minutes left in the third quarter
0: and it, it had been an 8-point game. Like mm-hmm. this was an exciting game in the second half. We had a kick return, punt return, yeah, punt return for um oh geez, Boise State with the I didn't bring it up again, we already discussed it, let's fake it, Matt. The pat the fake pass back where Avery Williams faked out like half a person. Yeah. It didn't even fake out the camera it was cool. It's like, oh, look at that fake passback. I'm like, I watched the play like 20 times. just curious if anybody did bite. The one guy who did bite on it, he didn't bite on that because if you ever watch punt returns or kick returns, they have a second guy in front of the guy who catches the ball to pretend like he's holding it, running it. There's one defender mm-hmm. who went after that guy, and that was it. And I'm like, yeah. nothing against what Adrian Williams, or what he can do running the ball and kick return, scoring touchdowns. It was just, it was just whatever. It was just the thing he did. Just because, but he had to, that's his. Is this is second or third special team score this year. He had the blocked one versus CSU. Does he have another one as well?
1: I think this was number two, if I'm not
0: mistaken. Regardless, he's really good at football. Yes, he is. <laughs> not just special teams um, defense as well. Remember, he's a, plays a DB as well and held down Hawaii's receivers. And he's just really good at football. But this game overall, the one thing they keep missing, which they didn't miss this time, Matt. Andrew Van Buren finally shows up for a great football game.
1: Took him a little while to do, but yeah.
0: 113 yards, a couple touchdowns, no huge explosive plays. He did have the touchdown nobody saw because CBS Sports Network was still in commercial. Because, you know, you got to get those 30-second spots in to get your money. I mean,
1: he doesn't necessarily have the breakaway speed, but one what you can give Boys State credit for is, you know, once they – it were able to kind of get him into a groove. He did have four plays of over ten yards after halftime, and I think for as close as the game ended up being in the end, they needed every last
0: one of them, and that included his two touchdowns, both of which were from eleven yards out. Totally, he like he he's fine. Like that's the big thing. I've always mentioned the reason they struggled against um, BYU or struggling games because the, George Solani is more important than Hank Bachemar in my opinion. He might be the mm-hmm. most important player on the offense. Like, they have Kalisic here, who's really good. CT Thomas. Um, Jack Sears seems to be a fine replacement when he, when he does play and is, gets playing time. But, like, with, I'll say this game, like, with Hawani not playing, go, seeing that in the game, I'm like, this will be a close game. It ended up being close for other reasons, because Hawaii would have made a mad dash going multiple tightrope down the sideline plays where Boise defenders think he's out of bounds and they score touchdowns on him. Mm-hmm. But they, like and that and that was
1: that play was uh, for as as kind of outstanding as it was by Calvin Turner, who we'll talk more about in a moment. Yeah, okay, we are. for Hawaii that was really at the turning point in the game because you know that was the point at which you know Chevon uh, Cordero was finally able to to get a touchdown. Um, up to that point, he had only been fourteen of thirty one, and the offense as a whole really looked like a mess. Like you mentioned it at the onset, how he was the team's leading rusher. And you, maybe some of it with this run and gun offense that uh, that Todd Graham and Company are, are emplo- uh, uh, deploying at this point that that's sort of by design. but they had him running a lot, which I feel is deja vu to what we talked about over the last couple of, of podcasts with regards to Cordero. You, you know he took a lot of hits last week against San Diego State. And even though Boise State wasn't quite as prolific, I think Shane William or excuse me, Shane Irwin. Had a couple sacks and that was about it. But you know, they really put the clamps on the passing game in the first half and forced Cordero to try and do everything. Mm-hmm. But then once he was able to, to have that first touchdown, then it seemed like they really got into a groove after that. Because I think he was 11 for his last 17 after that. You know, he had all three of his touchdowns in that stretch, two to Turner, one to Jared Smart to close out the scoring. And so, you know, th- we've seen you know, some ups and downs from him. And I think, you know, it's going to be really pivotal for him to try and just keep taking steps forward in this new offense. Because like we talked about a minute ago, San Diego state, it doesn't seem likely that Hawaii is going to be able to play their way back into the championship game.
0: Nope. Two and three,
1: but they gave the Broncos a run for their money. And, you know, they, can still be a factor in who does end up getting to the championship game down the stretch.
0: Certainly it does. Like, they didn't give up, which is good. Because, again, their down was, what did you say, 33-9? to 33-9. to 9. And they came back as an eight-point game. Like, that's credit to them for not giving up and moving the ball and playing good defense. Well, Boise, who just scored 37 points in 30 minutes, second, third quarter, to zero points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So defense put, stepped up. The offense moved down, got um, – a touchdown the touchdown two point conversion to go to 15 points. But you're right. They play Nevada next week and San Jose State. Those two games will help determine whether either of those Nevada or San Jose State go to the Mountless title game. The, 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 Hawaii's kind of like the big wild card in the mm-hmm. conference, I think, at this point. Yeah. Also, can we um, – we didn't do a – you know how we thought Rico Busey would be newcomer of the year? hmm No. Calvin Turner. Give him newcomer of the year award. He – he should get it, right? Is anybody close to him? Seven touchdowns? He's
1: in the conversation. I Ooh. mean, he did a little bit of everything. I mean, he's listed as a running back, but I know that for a fact they used him as a wildcat. He's thrown a couple times, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and he did see more targets in this game than anybody else on, on the Warriors roster, 13 targets, You know, even though he only ended up with five catches for 65 yards and two scores on the ground. You know, I think if he could do a little more, for them on the running game, like if you could take some, a little bit of the pressure off of Cordero, you know, Hawaii, I think, I think that's kind of what they want. Like they want to be more balanced. And I think in this game that they, they had to throw to catch up and it's to Cordero's credit that they were able to make it as close in the end as they did. But, you know, the running game is still really kind of languished. And so I think Turner could be a major factor in that down the stretch, you know, miles Reed had a fairly quiet game. He only had four carries, um, I think he uh, he had more he was more of a factor in the passing game with six catches which led the team. But I think they, they want to be able to run the bar more effectively and at least right now, they've been, you know, very up and down as far as their ability to do that.
0: I'm gonna ask a question about Calvin Turner. Is during the broadcast he apparently came from non scholarship FCS football. Jacksonville. Yeah, on Jacksonville. I am going to put him in our player of the week, partly because there's fewer games, and partly because he scored three touchdowns and had a pair of two mm-hmm. point and two two point conversions as well. So he, So he found the end zone five times. But he's a guy like this is probably the guy they want for that go go offense. Like a guy who can run the ball, catch the ball in the backfield, go downfield, take handoffs. Like you mentioned, I don't think he did it this game. Maybe, I think he did it maybe once or twice. But like he goes under center. Like he's a versatile guy. Like you're right, they need him. Miles Reed had four for 17 carries. I don't know what the deal yep. was. Like they need, they can't have Shavon Cordero lead the team rushing. And win games. It's just too much for him. That's 60 something plays, 66 plays here of him running or passing the ball. Mm-hmm. That's too many. It's out of like 90 plays. I know he's out there every play, essentially, but not that he needs a playoff, but a handoff is kind of like, okay, get a sort of a breather here. They hand the ball mm-hmm. off. But they, I don't know. It's like, you're right. They're going to play spoiled. They're, they may or may not go into a bowl game. I'm leaning toward no because there's no Hawaii Bowl and all the other big conferences will keep their tie ins. But it doesn't mean they're not a bad team, like that they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, not a bad because they are pretty good. And yeah. learning new offense, hanging with Boise State, not folding when they're down by a ton of touchdowns. And these guys are coming back, like Cordero is around. They'll have a couple receivers back again. I know Calvin Turner's a senior, so he's not going to be able to play. Well, I guess he could, technically could. Technically, everybody can be back. But in general speaking terms, not every, everybody will be back. Like Miles Reed will be back. But when um, we look at Boise State really quick. I'm assuming, is it safe to assume possibly, maybe, if I'm being optimistic, there might be past a majority of COVID players being out?
1: I mean, you would you would like to hope so.
0: The Jack Sears things, I don't know, because he didn't travel, we don't know why. Mm-hmm. So, but we know George Solani's actually hurt. Yeah. But, I guess it's a maybe? You think so? Maybe, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's really hard to say from from team to team.
0: Especially when Brian Harson says nothing about anything.
1: Well, nobody says anything about anything. Though.
0: Well, he's the least says about. He's the least guy of, of anything.
1: I mean, your Troy Calhoun would like a word about that, oh, he, or maybe he wouldn't.
0: Tr- Listen, Brian Harson still had George as cute running back, one this week. Come on, at least okay. Troy Calhoun has changed the depth chart. <laughs> Just saying, it's it, it's that's, that's fair. Guess what? Those guys are one and two. Flip the order depending on the month, right?
1: Yeah, let's let's uh, put it that way.
0: But like here's what they have really quick. They, they, we need to mention their game next week, hosting San Jose State on Over the Air Fox, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good deal. It's two mountain time, and partly because I think it's deserved. Also, partly, it's Thanksgiving weekend, so they really need to put games in time slots on Saturday yes. <laughs> because there's Thursday games, Friday games. Did you happen to see – I'm going to pull it up right now It's like an a vamp. Did you happen to see what the ABC game is on noon Eastern on Saturday?
1: Isn't it Penn State-Michigan? Yes. Oof.
0: Those teams are might have new head coaches next year.
1: <laughs> I do think that Penn State has been more unlucky than bad.
0: Yes, Michigan's been bad, <laughs> really bad. Michigan's Michigan's
1: <laughs> been pretty bad.
0: <laughs> that game, like I get. Oh, also, I want to bring up something else today. That's a bad game. Did you see what Dabo Dabo Swinney's the worst? You see what he said say about not playing Florida mm-hmm. State, and they're they're dunking us. They're, who is he? Him and Jeff Monken hang, hanging out? Yes. What's going on? What are these guys doing? coaches trust people like what does florida state have to gain by playing clemson like honestly Nothing. what does clemson have to gain by playing florida state or what do they have to lose everything if they lose right clemson i get it clemson rather play but florida state backing out not uh, not the right term but not playing due to covid issues contact tracing players injured to have enough to play like mm-hmm. they have so much more to gain like there's no point for them to duck him. It's not like they're going to sneak into the ACC title game plan. Yeah. Or make it over. That's just whatever. Coaches. Like I say a million times, college football coaches, they're not the brightest bulbs in the bunch for the most part, and they're focused all on football and nothing else. Get some personal skills, right? Come on. Yes. All right. So that's our show for today. Three games we retouched really on. We did a bonus show that you can listen to as well, or maybe you already did. And you know my bulb and stupid pick for Nevada football. If you did, congrats. So subscribe to our show. Go to our website, MWR.com, and we'll be back sometime next week to do uh, whatever number of games now we have during Thanksgiving week because it's that time of year again.